Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastside.co. Good morning. How many of y'all uh, got good sleep last night? Anybody? You don't, uh, you don't really... I don't really appreciate sleep nearly as much as when I get back from youth camp. <laughs> there was no teenagers in the room. It didn't smell like a, a creek, you know, or feet and, and armpits and everything else. Um, you know, it didn't, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Um, so uh, this morning, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this message. This is going to be really good. Um, so this morning we're going to, uh, we have a little, a little taste test that we're going to do. Um, and I've already pre-selected some people to participate in this taste test. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you don't dread me calling your name. The first one, I have to call out my buddy John, all the way back there. Come on up here, John. I know you're hating me. You're hating me for coming up, you know, all the way up here in front of everybody, but uh, that's okay. That's all right. Um, how about Canyon Brit? He'll be good for this. I'm going to get Richard Sullivan. Will be a good one. Jamie Diaz. <laughs> and let's do Cecilia Peden. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. All right. So, here we have three cups, and in these cups are different types of chocolate milk. All right? <laughs> Now, if you know uh, if if you know me very well, you know that I I really enjoy chocolate milk. I I am uh, I am possibly a, a connoisseur of sorts of of chocolate milk, and and you laugh, but it's it's fairly true. It's fairly true. I um I a lot of times choose uh, which gas stations I stop at based on the brand of chocolate milk they carry. Okay. Um, and, and I wish I was, I was stretching the truth, but I'm not. <laughs> so if, if I ever find a new brand of chocolate milk that I haven't tried before, that's a good day. That's an exciting day for me because I get to taste it, write, all my, you know, all, all, write it all down and examine it. And, and you know, it's, I dive deep into what makes chocolate milk so good. And uh, anybody, else like, any, anybody else like chocolate milk? I hope you guys like chocolate milk. You guys don't have a choice today. <laughs> All right, so we have three different types of chocolate milk, and uh, um, I'm going to have you guys take this row, the front row up here first. Why don't you come over here and grab, grab the front row, grab one of these front cups. It doesn't matter who's first. Everybody's going to do it. <laughs> grab one of these first ones. I'm not going to tell you which one's which. 
But go ahead and taste that one. You can take a little sip if you want. You can just gulp the whole thing. Um, but, you know, just in your mind, just kind of rate this chocolate milk, you know, because there's different things that make chocolate milk good. There's creaminess, there's the richness, there's there's like the, the ratio of chocolate to dairy, you know, like there's a lot of things that go into making chocolate milk good. So kind of rate that in your mind right now, you know, this is okay, this is this is good, It's it's got a nice chocolatey flavor, or it's not, you know, I'm not really sure about this one. Just, uh, just think about that. You guys got that one? Okay, cool. You can set that down and grab the next, uh, the next, the, the middle row here. Okay. Remember, remember which one you like the most. Okay. Which one? Which one's better? In your mind. Okay. Go ahead and take that one. Taste that one. See if uh, it's a little bit better, a little bit worse. You know, same, same rules apply here. Kind of rate that one in your mind. Yeah? Okay. Cool. All right, once you got that one, you can move on to the last one. Last chocolate milk there. Last row. Okay. Go ahead and try that one out. See how it compares to the other two. Yeah. <laughs> Getting. <laughs> All right. Cool. If you guys made a decision, which one you like the most? Okay. Which uh, which of you? Just show of hands. Which of you liked? the first one the best. Anybody like the first one the best? Yeah? It's funny, your brother liked the first one the best too. <laughs> That's just a family quality, I guess. And I, I do get some people who, who like that, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a second. Anybody like the second one the best? You like the second one the best, yeah? All right, interesting. Who liked the third one the best? Third one, yeah, the third one, third one is usually the one that, that everybody, everybody chooses, and here's why, because the third one is arguably the best chocolate milk <laughs> in the world, the best chocolate milk created, okay? Uh, you guys, you guys go ahead and have a seat, give them a hand for being such good volunteers. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about chocolate milk. We're going to talk about, um, I don't know, maybe the gospel according to chocolate milk. I don't know, maybe that, that would be a good title for the message. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, but we're, we're going to talk about how chocolate milk or what Jesus can teach us through chocolate milk. This is something that the Lord kind of showed me uh, several years ago. And I thought it was just kind of a funny uh, youth-like message and, you know, really more like a middle school, like, you know, they're just, it's just a funny, uh, funny message that kind of has, has some meaning behind it. And, you know, I just started to dig deeper and the Lord, it's just really funny. I don't know if you've ever, uh, if you've ever realized this, but the Lord is really creative and the Lord can really pull some really uh, just neat uh, nuggets out of some stuff that you wouldn't normally suspect. And so uh, he did that with, uh, with chocolate milk for me a few years ago. And so, uh, so the, first, uh, the first one that uh, Canyon liked the best, 
uh, that one was Yoohoo. That, you know, and, and the interesting thing about Yoohoo is uh, it's not actually chocolate milk. <laughs> but but to be to be fair, it doesn't claim to be chocolate milk either. It claims to be chocolate drink. Okay, claims to be chocolate drink, not really chocolate milk. It's more like I don't know chocolate water. <laughs> you know, it's you know it's it's there and 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 I don't know. It's the the water is kind of covered up by chocolatey taste. Uh, and so some people, some people like that. Um, but you know, there are people in in life that are a lot like you who, where they taste good. You know, taste taste halfway decent. You know, but it's not real. <laughs> you know, it's it's not real. And but at the same time, it doesn't claim to be. There's people who are living a good life, and they're doing good things, and they're generous people, and they have a lot of Christian qualities about them. They're kind of people, and they like to give, and they like to serve, and, and they're, they're good people. People like to be around those type of people, and they uplift, and they're, they're good leaders, and, and all of that stuff, but they don't claim to be Christians, and Jesus isn't their, isn't their Lord. They don't claim it. They don't claim to be. They're a lot like you who. But just because you do good things, and you try to live a good life, that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't make you. That doesn't punch your card to heaven. Just as much as having chocolate in your water makes you chocolate milk. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so living a good life isn't isn't really isn't really cutting it. It doesn't really qualify as uh, as chocolate milk. The second one that very very few people actually like that is. One percent chocolate milk. That is, uh, I think, I don't know, was that Harris Teeter brand? One uh, percent uh, chocolate milk. Okay, that's the that's one percent, and and very few people like that. In fact, if I ever am um, at a at a store and I see a one percent chocolate milk, my eyes just go right past it because it's just not it's just not not good. See, one percent chocolate milk is lacking ingredients that make chocolate milk good, okay? It's just lacking, lacking ingredients, you know what I mean? And so, uh, so I, I really feel like the 1%, you know, they, they just try to make it healthier. They know it's not good, you know? They, they know when they're in the factory, they're like, you know what's going to make this really good? You know what's, you know what's going to make this really excellent? Like, everybody's going to want to get this milk? If we take all the milk fat out of it, all the good stuff out of it, if we take all that out, everybody's going to want that stuff because it's going to be delicious. They know that it's not like that, right? But I really feel like they just, they're, they're trying to make it healthier. They're just trying to like trick you into believing that it's healthier for you by taking all the fat out of it and making 1% milk, right? 1% chocolate milk. And, and it's just, it's, just makes it disgusting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so one percent 
it's just missing those ingredients, and it's really the only thing that, that is, it's just trying to appeal to, I don't know, a healthier market. But how many of you know chocolate milk isn't healthy? Okay, now, now I, don't, I don't claim to be uh, a weight loss expert or anything like that, a, a healthy person or, or you know, in, anything like that. I, I like what I like and, you know, maybe I should change that and, and the Lord's going to convict me, I'm sure, after this message. <laughs> but I know that chocolate milk, even though it's delicious, it's... It's not healthy, and it's not supposed to be healthy. It's like if you're trying to make it healthy, you're taking the good stuff out of it. Okay, so this is what the Lord. This is what the Lord said. They're trying to keep keep it tasting good, but also change it to make it healthy. Right? Do we ever take the gospel? And try to make it appeal to the world. And try to make this, try to kind of water down this gospel message to make it appeal to the world. We try to make it healthier, but it's not supposed to be healthy. It's not supposed to be like that. So you can try to water it down as much as you want. It's not and you can you can appeal and and people might might buy it but that's not how it was intended to be it's not how it was intended to be see when you try to make Jesus appealing to the world you end up watering down the gospel and you try to you try to kind of create this hybrid Christianity. It's like really the only way I can think to put it is just a, a hybrid Christianity where you have one foot in, one foot out, where you're, where you're turning a blind eye to sin, where you're accepting sin, but you're claiming Christ. The Bible talks about deceiving yourself. The Bible talks about how, how we deceive ourselves and we look into a mirror and we, we see the reflection and it's like we're comparing our reflection to Jesus. And when I look in the mirror and I see the differences in myself and Jesus, I see those differences, but then I walk away from the mirror and I immediately think, no, I look just like him. Even though he's showing me the differences, I turn a blind eye to it. Even though he's showing me things in my life that I need to change, things in my life that I'm tolerating, things that I watch on TV that I'm tolerating that I shouldn't be, that aren't in heaven, things that I'm listening to that aren't in heaven, things that are coming out of my mouth, the way I'm treating people in the, in, in the name of humor sometimes. The Lord's dealt with me. On that, things that things that we do that kind of make us feel better and kind of make us, you know, 
think like, well, you know, I, I can do this. I can, I can have one foot, one foot over here. You know, I can, I can kind of water this down a little bit while still proclaiming Jesus. Things that we tolerate, things that we choose to accept, things that we choose to turn a blind eye to while trying to proclaim Christ. And that's just a hybrid Christianity. And it's not, it's not the real thing. It's not, it's not the way it was intended to be. Even though it seems like it might be appealing, you're, you're trying to appeal to the world. Let me tell you, the world would rather you be the real thing. <laughs> the world doesn't want this half in, half out stuff. But interestingly enough, uh, the 1% chocolate milk is found at the majority of gas stations. If you stop at a gas station or convenience store, most of the time they're going to carry uh, Mayola is, is the big, biggest brand that I've found. Like that's like if I don't know what's in that store, my bet is going to be there's Mayola 1% chocolate milk in, in, the, in the case back there. Okay, that's, that's what my guess is. Because the majority of places I stop... And again, I, I look every time, okay? The majority of the time, it's 1% chocolate milk. It's prevalent. It's everywhere. There's 1% chocolate milk all over the place. You very rarely find the good stuff, the real stuff. It's always this 1% stuff. And I'm, I'm convinced, and I don't know this for sure, but I, it just makes sense to me that the reason the stores choose to stock that is because it's cheap, it's cheap. And so it's everywhere. It's easy. It's easy for them to stock that stuff. It doesn't cost them anything to, cost that, to, to, to stock that stuff. How many of you know there are 1% Christians all over the place? They're everywhere. The church is full of them. Full of 1%. Christians that try to maintain this one foot in, one foot out mindset while singing, you can have it all, Lord. This is what Isaiah 29 says. Isaiah 29, uh, 13. Verse, you know, we're fairly familiar with, I think. says, and the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How many times do we sing a song like you can have it all? We talked about that at camp a lot. You can have it all. We sing it. We don't mean it. We sing it, but our hearts are saying, you can have some of this, Lord. You can have a little bit, God. You can have the 1%, Lord. But it's not the real thing. There's so many people, and this is my heart. This is, this is what I've found to be most passionate about. Someone, someone told me one time that uh, 
that the biggest mission field in America is in the church. Because there's so many lost people that don't know that they don't know because they come every Sunday and they sing the song and they write down notes, but their hearts are far from him. And they're 1%. They're 1% Christians. They're half in, half out. Not fully committed, not the real thing, and they're all over the place. They're everywhere. But the last chocolate milk. The last one. The last one, praise the Lord. And so fittingly, so fittingly, the name brand of this chocolate milk, and I'm not kidding, is Promised Land. (laughs) Promised Land chocolate milk. Arguably the best chocolate milk that's ever been created. And it's the real deal. It is midnight chocolate. And it's thick and rich and creamy and delicious. And terrible for you. (laughs) But it's so good. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) The promised land chocolate milk is the real thing. They haven't taken anything out of that milk. (laughs) They got all the fat still in it. And it's delicious. And people enjoy it. You don't find it everywhere. I've only found uh, three grocery stores. They don't carry it in any gas stations. I found three grocery stores in Charlotte just because Publix just moved here. If you really want the gospel of chocolate milk, you can go to Lowe's Foods, Harris Teeter, and Publix. And if you really want the real deal, you can go to Publix and get, get it by the half gallon. Yeah. So... Anywhere else, you're going to have to settle for a quart of, of, of the goodness. Okay? Listen. Promised land is the real thing. Promised land is the real Christian. It's the real one. It's the one that, with their heart, with their actions, says, you can have it all, Lord. It's the one that's already decided in in their heart, you can have it all, Lord. It's the one that's already decided in their heart that when when the struggle comes or when the Lord says to do something difficult, when the Lord asks you to do something that you really don't want to do and it's uncomfortable or it's hard and you really like that thing but the Lord's saying to give it up and you've already decided in your heart there's a pre-planned yes in your heart and this has been my prayer All of camp, at least, I want a pre-planned yes in my heart so that when God says, do that, my immediate reaction is yes. Is yes. That's a promised land Christian. That's the real thing. That's the way that God intended it to be. The biggest difference that I see between 
a 1% Christian and a promised land Christian is maintaining and walking in an atmosphere of worship. Just walking in an atmosphere of worship. Now, that doesn't mean that, that Michael is behind you all day with his guitar, you know, just singing and be enthroned upon the praise. You know, that's, he's walking behind you, getting this song stuck in your head and just like reminding you when you stop singing, like nudging you, hey, come on, you know, start singing again, you know. Like that's, that's, not, that, that's, not, that's not what I mean. You're, that's not walking in in an atmosphere of worship. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not, that's not really what I'm talking about because how many of you know that worship goes farther than the songs that we sing on stage? Worship goes a lot more than that. That's what we do here on Sunday mornings. But worship is a lot more than that. Worship, this is what we taught the, the youth this week. Worship, you know, God is so much more concerned with the posture of our heart than the position of our body. So we raise our hands during, during worship. We raise our hands. God isn't necessarily concerned with us raising our hands. But there's something that happens in the physical. There's something when we, when we do something in the physical that has spiritual implications. Okay, so raising our hands and getting vulnerable like that before the Lord, getting vulnerable like that before God, creates something in our hearts, allowing us to be vulnerable in our hearts. Getting down on your knees before the Lord. Well, Bill Dingle, if you've ever been up to, up to Ichthus, we start every, uh, every camp, every retreat, you know, whether that's men's retreat, youth retreat, or whatever we do, we start on our knees before God. And Bill says, hey, being on your knees before the Lord, being on your knees, physically on your knees, he's not as concerned about that, but it's the same principle. Being on your knees creates this extreme vulnerability before God. And it creates a vulnerable heart. It creates a heart that says, all right, Lord, I'm here, and I need you to move. And I'm asking you to move, and I'm open to you moving, however you choose to do that. There's a vulnerability that comes through the posture of our, of our physical body. There's spiritual implications. Therefore, worship... Number one, doesn't happen just up here on stage. And it doesn't just happen here in the sanctuary. It doesn't happen just in the church. But when we go home, are you worshiping? Not just with your voices while you're singing, but with your hearts as you walk throughout the day, as you go throughout the day. Are you worshiping? Are you creating an atmosphere of worship? This is what this is something big that we talked about with the youth. Creating an atmosphere of worship and maintaining an atmosphere of worship. Listen for the youth. They don't they don't have their own their own houses. They might have their own rooms, but they don't have their own homes. You, the parents, you have the home. And I've charged them and challenged them, and they've, I think they've accepted this challenge. We'll see. Parents, you kind of, you, hopefully you're going to hold them accountable, and we're going to hold each other accountable. But I've challenged them, we've challenged them to, in their, in their rooms, where they have control over, the room that they have control over, 
to have an atmosphere of worship in their room where they can go in and have worship in their room. Students, you guys have control over even small things like your book bag at school, your desk, your locker at school. You have control over those things. Create an atmosphere of worship. And what I mean by that, and this is what we talked about, was bringing order to those things, bringing order out of chaos, not just throwing stuff and scattering stuff all around where it's just a chaotic mess. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but God tends to choose order to, to, to work through rather than a chaotic mess, rather than chaos. So if you have order, again, this is one of those physical to the spiritual implications here. If you have order, if they have order in their room, then it's much easier to invite the presence of God into their room because there's order there and no chaos. If they have order in their cars, if you have order in your car, it's much easier to invite the Holy Spirit into that place because there's order there. There's no chaos. There's no chaos. So bringing order to something is the first step to me in creating an atmosphere of worship, to creating a posture before the Lord of worship. To me, that's the first step if you're planning on moving from a 1% Christian to a promised land Christian to a promised land believer. An action step. Do something. Not something cheap. Not something easy. Something that costs you. Do something out of your comfort zone if that's really what you want to do, if that's really something that you're passionate about. Because let me tell you, the world doesn't need any more 1%. There's 1% all over the place. But the world needs some promised land Christians. The world needs the real thing. The world's asking for the real thing. You know what else is interesting? In Revelation chapter 3, God talks about, uh, God says, hey man, you're, he's talking to the church. He says, hey, you're neither, you're neither hot nor cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's interesting to me that not even Jesus likes the 1%. Jesus doesn't like the 1% stuff. He doesn't like that hybrid stuff. We usually get a few people who, who like the you who. You know, a couple people, a couple oddballs, if you will, who like, who like the you who. who they, they, they like that stuff. We get a lot of people who like the promised land stuff. Very, very few people. I was really surprised to see people who like the 1% stuff, very few. And I really think that's because the same reason Jesus says, I'd rather you either be cold or hot. But don't go around 
proclaiming my name inaccurately. When you go into the workplace, I want your coworkers to have an accurate picture of Jesus. Not a watered down gospel. Not a watered down Christianity. Not a 1% Christianity. They want the real thing. So either stop, either, either just have nothing to do with it and stop proclaiming the name of Jesus or get all in. If you're not willing, Jesus talks about counting the cost. He talks about counting the cost, which is, I just don't think that that's, that's taught very much. Counting the cost. It's going to cost you something to move from 1% to promised land. And honestly, it's going to cost you something to go from 1% to Yuhu. And that's the presence of God. But which one are you willing to lose? Because you can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have the worldly stuff that you might enjoy. But still have a heart that says you can have it all. You can't have both. There's a choice that we need to make. And unless you have something, I'm, I'd like to uh, just invite the, the prayer team up here. Michael, if you want to come. Because this is, this is the type of message that deserves an action step. This deserves action. You guys didn't know you were going to get all this from chocolate milk, did you? But listen... God uses, God's going to use this, and he's, he's using this for some of you right now. He's speaking to you, and he's touching you. He's touching your heart to say, I've been a 1% Christian. And God's saying, either be you who are promised land, but I don't want 1%. Either don't proclaim it or proclaim it all the way, but don't have one foot in and one foot out. That's not what I'm all about. So if the prayer team can come, ministry team can come. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And if that's you, if that's you here this morning, it's going to require an action step. If you are the type of person who wants to go from a 1% to the real thing, I want you to come forward. I want you to pray. I want these people to pray with you. But even then, it's more than that. Even then, it's more than just having someone pray with you. It's what are you going to do when you leave this church? 
It's what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to choose to do? What, what predetermined answer do you have in your heart for tomorrow's circumstance? Is it a yes or is it a maybe? Is it a yes or is it a, well, it depends. It depends what you're asking. For me, my prayer, Lord, put a yes in my heart. And I hope that's the same for you. I hope it's the same for you. So if that's you, as Michael sings, as we worship, don't hesitate. Take a stance, take an action step, move forward. Do something this morning that's going to change the rest of your life. Once again, thank you for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, please visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.